0: Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser.
1: Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. I'm so blessed and grateful to be sitting here with my new friend, Mike Payton, otherwise known as
0: Payton. How are you, sir? I'm terrific, Tyler. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to have you, and it's a privilege to have you, and so I appreciate you taking time, and I know today's going to be a great episode, it's going to be a great discussion, we're already having a few laughs before we got started here, so get the juices flowing, I know we're going to have some fun, I know we're going to raise the bar, and I want to welcome Elevate Nation back, because we're going to take it to another level today, I have no doubt, we're going to talk about systems, we're going to talk about really strategizing and building your life for excellence. And I'm really excited about that because Peyton is really the perfect individual to be having this discussion with. And I know that you're going to get a ton of wisdom out of this conversation. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and get your pen and pencil out, start taking some notes and be ready to laugh. I think we're going to have a couple of laughs in there today. Uh, at least I hope so. And as you know, our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate, in business, in being an entrepreneur, developing that life that has no limits and beyond. And this is where we're going to talk systems. We're going to talk mindset, habits, routines, tools, strategies, so much more from an individual like Peyton. So you can implement that into your own life, to your own business and do even more perhaps for yourself. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing, building their business and ultimately in their lives. And and if you appreciate what we're doing, we would certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show. If you gave us a rating, five-star rating or review, it certainly helps us because our goal is to reach millions of people with this message. And we believe that the opportunity to build a life of fulfillment through systematizing your business, through you know, you know, taking on the unlimited opportunities that are out there, really, you can live a life of your dreams. And so that's what we're talking about here on Elevate. And so. With that said, I want to go ahead and introduce you to Mike Payton, who is really known as Payton, and he spent most of his life learning from entrepreneurs. Today, he spends all of his time giving back as an author, award winning speaker, certified EOS entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entre, entrepreneur operating systems. Wow, can I spit it out here? Uh, implementer and global ambassador for EOS worldwide. Specifically, Peyton helps entrepreneurs clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision by mastering the simple concepts and practical tools he'll be sharing with us today. So, Peyton, welcome to the show. Uh, Appreciate you spending time with us. Tell us more about you as a man.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I have to decide whether I'm going to give you the business version or my 13-year-old son's view. That's what I thought about when you said we're going to have lots of laughs because in his estimation, my sense of humor is the worst. I believe that's a direct quote. So that's awesome. I I uh, actually grew up in a household full of teachers and entrepreneurs and my uh, parents were real estate entrepreneurs. So um, my grandparents were teachers, a high school math teacher and a sixth grade teacher. And so the fact that as a, a semi-grown man, uh, wildly immature, I teach entrepreneurs how to get what they want from their businesses is uh, not lost on anybody in my family. And uh, before I, uh, uh, before I became a professional EOS implementer 13 years ago, I uh, started my career in banking, much to my entrepreneurial father's chagrin. Great place to learn the art and science of business um, and uh, surround myself with really talented, smart people. But, uh, but ultimately, I always knew I was going to uh, figure out what I wanted to do and, and become an entrepreneur myself. And so I, I spent uh, the next 13 years or so running or helping run for entrepreneurial uh, companies, two great successes, two uh, miserable train wrecks. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm more grateful for the train wrecks today because they, they beat me into the person I am today and those lessons uh, have helped me become a better, stronger, um, more patient leader. And um, and they also led me to discovering EOS. I was uh, trying to run a $7 million company. I was frustrated and a uh, neighbor of mine introduced me to the book Traction. It had just been published in its first iteration. And I fell in love and decided this was what I was put on the planet to do. So, So that's my story.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. And I know that so many people listening today have had the experience of when they're building their business, they feel like, they're now, you know, they're owned by that business. And now, you know, 247, 365, they've just got to do whatever it takes to keep up and hopefully they succeed because most businesses fail and all these things. And, and then the more successful they get, the more they feel like they're a slave to that business. So that's why you know your work is so intriguing and and what you guys do in terms of helping entrepreneurs build an operating system is so amazing but i want to get into that but I, before we get there i'd be curious you know when did the entrepreneurial spirit sort of take root within you or was that always something that was there
0: um i you know i i think i was like most lifelong entrepreneurs in you know, fifth grade, I had a paper route and I was stopping at the five and dime and which is a term people my age use, Tyler, some of your listeners may not understand (laughs) that, but uh, you know, I was stopping at the convenience store and buying boxes of candy and selling them out of my locker illegally to kids in my school. And, you know, so I, it's a lifelong affliction of mine. Um, And, uh, and it just, it feels like home. You know, it's second nature to me. So I don't. I think that's not true for all entrepreneurs. It was certainly true for me. Are you
1: someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, You know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on the show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Yeah. So talk to me about that. I mean, when you, you sort of had this innate sort of curiosity that drew you into that sort of behavior. Was it also at the same time where you said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this at the highest level, or did that come later? I'm just curious.
0: Uh, well, I think the driving force for me has always been independence. I, mm. I want to be independent and part of that is an economic independence, but part of it is, you know, responsible for your own well-being and accountable and, you know, you, you only get to eat what you kill, right? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. sort of my innate um, sense and, you know, I've, I've never been particularly good at asking for permission. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so, you know, when did I refine the ability to do that? Well, you know, frankly, every mistake I may if I have any gift, it's the gift of not letting any mistake go wasted, right? Of, mm. of learning every time I fall down skin and skin a knee, not, not to do it the, that way the next time. And then when something works to repeat that over and over and over again and apply it to other aspects of my life. But You know, I don't know that there's any innate greatness in there. It's acquired greatness for all of us. And, you know, I got a long way to go and a lot of additional acquiring to do because I'm making tons of mistakes every week now, 56 years later. So
1: yeah, that's one thing that I think is so similar across great performers is that they're always... They know that there's still more. They know that there's always another level. They know that, you know, mistakes can take you to that next point, to that next opportunity. And, you know, it's the willingness of making mistakes that I think sets a lot of people apart um, because some people just overthink it and they never take action. And so I think there's a, there's a huge takeaway there. The other thing that I find that's so interesting is that a lot of people will start a business or they'll invest in real estate or whatever it may be because they want, you know, time freedom or perhaps independence. And, you know, a lot of times what they see is they get the opposite, especially when they start. I mean, was that was that your experience as well? I mean, you mentioned uh, a few of the mistakes you had.
0: Well, you started the, the the serious questions about business this way, talking about how, you know, you get trapped by your business. That's why the book Get a Grip that Gino and I co-authored is called Get a Grip. And, and this is something my father told me a long time ago. It's also consistent with Gino's learning is a as an entrepreneur, but he said, if you can't go on vacation and come back and your business is running as good or better as it was when you left, you don't have a business, you have a job and you're a slave. And uh, so I've, I've always been seeking entrepreneurial freedom. And of course, entrepreneurial freedom is scary because in order to get it, you have to let go of the things you desperately wanna control. We all wanna control the outcomes of every risk we take and every decision we make. And you can't. That's the definition of entrepreneurship. And so, you know, this is scary, emotional, um, uncertain stuff we have to deal with in normal environments. And with the crazy environment we're in right now, it's a 100 times worse than most of us have seen in our lifetime. But for entrepreneurs, it is a slightly more intense, more global view of entrepreneurship than what they've been used to most of their lives.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's one of the things where it's like you look out, you look out the window, you know, theoretically, and you say, wow, there's a lot out there that I can't control. Right. There's a lot of things that are way outside of my control. But what is it that that I can control? You know, obviously, the first thing we can do is we can control our minds, we can control what's in between our ears. And, you know, the thoughts that we allow to fester but beyond that, it's our actions, it's, you know, it's what's in front of us today, it's, it's how we treat other people. But then it's also, you know, in terms of developing your business, if you, tr- if you really want a life without limits, it's got to be systematized. It's got to be, you know, controlled and really in a system and delegating other things to other people. And so that's what I love so much about your work is that you allow, you know, this to be sort of a culture driven, you know, system to where other people can own parts of this and they can feel empowered to help you grow that. And really, you know, it it seems like it creates, you know, long-term loyalty, not only with just the entrepreneur who's so passionate about their mission, of course, you know, they've got all these driven sort of intentions, but then, you know, it creates this family for other people. So I'd love to just dive in there, you know, maybe from the beginning, uh, where's best to start?
0: Yeah. So I would just say, I mean, you, you nailed it there. You know, what I would summarize is, EOS is a way of turning a vision and idea, your passion, into consistent execution across a group of human beings aligned around that common vision so you get what you want. And for most entrepreneurs, what you want is not a fat bank account and a country club membership. It's having a positive impact in the world being surrounded by people you like and trust and who like you back, Um, having freedom to pursue uh, your other passions. For most of us, that includes spending time with our families and um, being compensated appropriately. And so, you know, that's what EOS is, is a mechanism for doing that because the best idea in the world never executed is completely immaterial. Mm. completely immaterial. And so it's all about execution for us. and, And that's what we're laser focused on. And if you're not getting everything you want from your business today, in my opinion, you need a system, a way of running your business and alignment amongst the people you rely on most to use that system and that set of tools to get it with discipline and accountability. And whether EOS is the right fit for you and your team or some other system is, I know uh, darn near for a fact that you need uh, a system to achieve what you wanna achieve.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the only way to do big things, in my opinion, is to build a team and to build systems. And one of the things that I love so much about all's work is you know, the level 10 meeting you know, one thing that I do with my team every each and every week is we have a level 10 meeting and it's structured. And you know, a lot of times I don't know about you, but we have, you have meetings in so many different ways of your life and so many different parts of your business that you're like, man, did we actually accomplish anything there? Are we actually moving something forward? And I love the, you know, there's a great structure to, you know, build your meetings that are the same way every single time. You can still have fun. Obviously you don't have to be a robot, but you actually structure your time appropriately. And then you actually have things. All right, here's what we talked about last week. Here's what we're holding each other accountable for. Did you get this done? Yes or no? I yeah. love that.
0: Yeah. So a little insight into Gino's uh, sort of process and mindset. I mean, he's maniacal about delivering the most impact in the least amount of time in everything that he does. And so when he when he creates something, what he does is he, he, he first gets crystal clear on the objectives of whatever it is he's creating. And for meetings of a busy entrepreneurial leadership team, the objective is checking in to make sure our business is hitting on all cylinders and where it isn't, solving issues and getting things back on track, very simply. And so what he did was create what's called the Level 10 Meeting Agenda. To ensure that in 90 minutes for most entrepreneurial leadership teams, once a week, if you get yourselves in the room, roll up your sleeves and follow this proven agenda and approach to keeping things on track and solving your issues, you're going to turn what for most leaders is the worst part of their week, meetings, into the best and most productive part of their week, a level 10 meeting. And that's where the name level 10 came from on a scale of one to 10, we want our clients to consistently rate their meetings an eight, nine, or 10.
1: Yeah. And, you know, a few of the components that I think are so valuable is developing a scorecard within your business so that each individual on your team, you know, has a set of numbers that they really own and that they can drive. And I love that you can really, it's like, all right, here it is. Here's the facts. You know, we're not debating this. This is just what it is this week. And we can synthesize this and develop it into, you know, in our IDS section, our identify, discuss and solve section, right? And, and, and move the business forward. But it's all about, all right, here's the part of the system. We're, we're being efficient in our time. We're delivering information. We're aware, you know, we're not just putting our head in the sand and saying everything's perfect, but we're actually taking action on that. I love that piece of, of the system as well.
0: Yeah, again, very simple stuff. So what does success look like on a weekly basis? And, you know, we teach our leadership teams to establish a 5 to 15 leading indicator scorecard. So 5 to 15 numbers give you an absolute pulse on the business, hopefully more predictive or leading indicators than trailing indicators so you can react more quickly to things that are off track. And in that weekly level 10, Each owner of a measurable, the person accountable for keeping it on track, has to say out loud on track or off track. When the number's on track, the team moves on. Oh, good, we're hitting our numbers. When the number is off track or you're seeing patterns and trends develop that scare you a little bit, then you drop it down to the issues list and you IDS it. That's another EOS tool called the Issue Solving Track, IDS stands for Identify, Discuss and Solve. And that's a way of getting to the root of why it's off track and making sure you make the decisions and take the actions to get it back on track next week or the week after so you no longer have an issue. And that's kind of the mindset. If you can imagine doing that somewhere between 3 and 15 times week in and week out in a 90-minute meeting. You're going to be spending very little time with your team, but still really getting to the root of what's broken, what you're worried about, what's not optimal, and solving it for the long-term greater good of your organization. That's what leaders should do when they meet, rather than sharing ideas or small talking or discussing things endlessly and never really identifying the root cause of the issue or putting plans in place that solve them.
1: That's so true. And I think it's such a great takeaway for real estate investors specifically as well as because you need to know what's going on real time in your business. Um, You know, looking at, you know, numbers for the previous month certainly is helpful to a certain degree. However, you can't really influence those numbers. You can't really influence the direction of your business if you're not aware of it on a consistent basis. And I think there's so much value in just the concept of having an awareness of what's actually going on right now and saying, all right, here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's discuss this. Let's strategize and let's put it in motion. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of folks are, they're making decisions based on results that are already in the rear view
0: mirror. Well, or pure gut feel, right? So, so, you know, your, your greatest strength can your, be your biggest vulnerability. A lot of entrepreneurs have great guts. Why did you buy that particular mm. piece of property? Well, I just felt like that part of our community was underdeveloped, and there was real opportunity there. Um, I never want to dismiss the value of great entrepreneurial gut, but that gut instinct validated with data, man, is that a powerful combination. And if you can For get sure. both of those things working well in an entrepreneurial company, you're going to win a lot of battles and you're going to defeat a lot of competitors or, and you're going to run a consistently effective operation. And that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I actually, I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people may say, well, you know, maybe you just remove your instinct from this. And I think there is a lot of value in instinct because there's some, there's some, there's some data that's been collected on the subconscious level that's extremely valuable that many people, you know, have created a ton of success with. So I I love that.
0: Percent agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about one thing that I think is also extremely important, you know, with elevate just the concept of elevating your life and elevating your business, um, you know, to the next level continuously and always racing that bar. You know, it's all about setting intentions, and setting goals. One thing that I love about what you guys do is you talk about rocks, right? Um, so talk to me, tell the listeners a little bit about the concept of a rock and how does that work?
0: And, and, and I want to start by saying that, you know, over my uh, right shoulder here is the EOS model and, and what we're doing when we're implementing Uh, EOS with an entrepreneurial leadership team is we're strengthening the six key components of the business. And the component at the top of the EOS model is called the vision component. And the vision component is about getting everybody in the organization 100% on the same page with where you're going and how you plan to get there. And the traction component, which is where I'm going with rocks, is about executing on that vision with real discipline and accountability. And vision without traction is hallucination. And so when we're focused on strengthening the traction component with our clients, we're trying to get crystal clear on exactly what actions owned by whom need to be taken in order for us to achieve our vision. And in most organizations, at best, those things are murky. We kind of have a vision. We're kind of on the same page. We sort of have a plan. We're not sure who owns it. This is very common stuff. Well, it's shared accountability. Well, when two people are accountable, nobody's accountable, right? And so that's all rock setting and goal setting in an EOS company is. It's saying, okay, You've declared that you want to accomplish this. What do we need to accomplish in 2020 in order to make that a reality? And then once we're clear on what we're doing in 2020, the three to seven goals and the revenue and profit numbers we need to hit, that's a successful year. Now let's break the year up into four quarterly increments and agree on the handful of numbers we need to hit in the first quarter, And the handful of priorities we need to focus on in the first quarter, assign an owner to them, write them smart. So we all know exactly what done looks like and drive accountability for 90 day execution against that bigger, longer term vision, our one year plan. And that just repeats forever in an EOS company where every quarter we're coming together reflecting on last quarter and learning some lessons, rechecking our vision to make sure we're all still on the same page and setting rocks and numbers for the next quarter. And that creates a 90-day world for the organization where every 90 days you feel like you're resetting the bar, refocusing your energy around the right priorities and driving execution with real accountability and discipline. That's EOS in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. And then discussing it on a weekly basis. Are we on track? Are we off track in terms of what we committed to? And I love just, you know, it's, you come up from a, a high level of vision and you chunk that down into who's responsible for what I'd love to talk about vision, uh, you know, from, and how you're developing or how you're working with others, develop an appropriate vision. And also, you know, I think another thing that's so important is developing a culture. And one of the components of that is really establishing strong and appropriate core values so I'd love to go there um, and exactly. just talk talk vision and core values
0: yeah it's it's really deceptively simple um, when an EOS implementer is working with his or her uh, clients leadership team really what we're doing is we're asking eight simple questions to sell up to strengthen the vision component um, And we're putting the answers to those questions on a two-page document called the VTO, or the Vision Traction Organizer. And so the eight questions are, what are your core values? What's your core focus? What's your 10-year target or core target? That describes who you are as people, what you love to do and are best at your company's sweet spot, and where you're going long term. The fourth question is what's your marketing strategy? Who's your ideal customer and what message are you going to use to compel more of those kinds of customers to do business with your organization? And then the fifth question, the last question on the vision side of the document is what's your three-year picture? The three-year picture is a picture of what the company's got to look like three short years from now to lay the foundation for achieving your 10 year target. And that's the company's vision. And the rule for answering all those questions is, I just ask question one, and then I refuse to move forward to question number two until everybody sitting around the table agrees on the answer to question number one. Because in most organizations, Bill sitting over in that chair is never gonna agree with anything anybody else on the leadership team wants or says. And if that's the case, you can't strengthen the vision component without strengthening the people component, Bill might need to go. And that's how we do this work. The traction side of the document, the the second page of the VTO, there are three questions there. It's what's your one year plan, I already touched on that. What are your quarterly rocks? And what are your long term issues? The things getting in the way of executing on your plan. And so it's the vision side of the document, the traction side of the document, when you combine those two things into one, you have a clear vision and the framework for executing on it. And that's what it's all about.
1: What do you see most companies struggling with right now? I mean, not, not talking about the economy or different yeah. things are out of our control, but in things that are in entrepreneurs control, what do you see most struggle with?
0: Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, I'll give you a couple of themes. So first and foremost, people. We did a survey recently of our um, clients and asked them to name their most common frustrations. And the number one response on 82% of the return surveys was people. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure if they were talking about their business partners, vendors, employees, family members, or the person <laughs> they're following in bumper-to-bumper traffic. But but certainly people is, a, is always going to be a challenge. And uh, one of my clients said, that's why my next business, Peyton, I'm going to staff it with robots and sell to robots. That's so um, that's a that's a common uh, challenge. But but aside from that, from an entrepreneur, a uniquely entrepreneurial standpoint, I think it's this false belief that it's your lot in life to struggle. Hmm. that You can't be happy running an entrepreneurial company, that you can't be at peace, that you can't be free that you have to let go of your passion because I don't deserve to come to work excited every day. And, um, you know, if any of your listeners are out there feeling like it's their ax to grind to be an entrepreneur, you know, life is too short to be miserable. For God's sake, please, I beg you, get some help because owning and running a great entrepreneurial company should be fun, should be rewarding, and shouldn't be, uh, you know, a cross to bear.
1: That's a really good point that you bring up because I feel like most people are like, I'm just grinding, I'm just, you know, paying my dues and I'm getting to the next level and all these different things. And, you know, I think that um, there's a lot of that that's really. I guess, metastasize in society that, you know, an entrepreneur, you have to just grind and you have to, you know, just go through so much pain. And certainly there are times when, you know, you struggle and you have some, you know, some of those thoughts, but I guess, do you see that as it may be as metastasized in the mind of individuals who say, you know what, no matter what, even if times are good, I still need to be suffering in some
0: capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of people, you know, I mean, there's a lot of perfectionists who are successful entrepreneurs and, yeah. and you know, the combination of unrealistic expectations and fierce determination and a solid work ethic turns into a lot of 80 hour work weeks. Yeah. A lot of failed attempts to delegate to other people who can do the same work faster and better than you for a fourth of what you would pay yourself, you know. And so we get stuck. We get stuck in that sort of psychological trap of believing that all entrepreneurs have to be miserable. Now, you, you nailed it. I am not at all saying this is a walk in the park. Being an entrepreneur is scary. Yeah. There are six-month spurts and sometimes 18-month spurts where if you're not busting your tail every day and making tons of sacrifices, your business is going to go under. I totally get that, but, but when things are good, when you've been you know, growing for a while and you still are in a painful place, I just beg everybody, ask yourself what I might do differently to get out of this sort of trap and and reach out for help to a professional EOS implementer. That's what we do. Our job is mm-hmm. freeing entrepreneurs to live the life they imagined when they started their business. And, uh, we're doing it, you know, successfully around the world to the tune of thousands of entrepreneurial companies.
1: One of the things that I'm so fascinated with in life and in business is just human psychology. And I'd love to know, and, and we haven't talked about this, uh, I haven't prepped you on this question or anything, but just in the, you know, organic nature of our conversation, I'd love to know, do you have any clients who have successfully implemented the EOS system? They've built tremendous systems in their company. They've developed clear vision. They've developed clear core values. They've even perhaps brought on, you know, people in their business that match up with their core values. And so they've selected the right individuals from a from a high probability perspective, but they still have this mentality that they need to struggle. I'm just curious. Does that
0: happen? Uh, I think, yes. I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm no therapist and I, and I have no pedigree here. What I would say is I think that what I've learned of the human psyche is there's always a little inner voice that you're struggling with. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what we're trying to do with EOS Tyler, is we're trying to demonstrate over and over and over again that the immovable barrier you thought you were dealing with is in fact movable. And it happens early and often in the EOS implementation process. And so what I see is gradually every member of the team, not just the entrepreneur, starts to understand that there is a solution available to every issue It's just different than the way things are working now, and you need to let go of the fear you have of doing things differently in order to embrace the potential that some new reality might present itself. And I'll give you a specific example. Almost every organization has a person in it who's really good at his or her job but is a cultural train wreck. And if you have one of those in your organization, you're probably like I was the couple of times I dealt with this before I discovered EOS, you're stuck because on the one hand, you love the results this person gets. But on the other hand, every time Bill or Sally walks through the office, you walk, look at the path they've just navigated and there's like bloody limbs of other members <laughs> of laying all over the place. It's awful. And so, there are thousands of entrepreneurs out there in here in the Twin Cities where I'm located right now who think that there's no way in hell they could initiate a conversation that would lead to changing that. And I'm here to tell you, I watch it happen all the time. And 80% of the time, it happens without the person needing to leave the organization. And so if you feel stuck by that kind of stuff, it's just my lot in life. I'm here to tell you, from practical experience, you can do it with that one person. And once you do it with one person, then you sit there and you go, "Well, why am I tolerating that with him or her or whatever?" And gradually, people start to take responsibility for changing their own present into the future that is better than their current present. And it's pretty tough to feel sorry for yourself when you're doing that over and over and over again. That is a that's really that's what good thing. I observe.
1: I just find that to be so fascinating, just not only with building your business, but also with your own life. Let's just take responsibility. Let's do the hard things, have the hard conversations, you know, face the brutal facts as, you know, another individual who I admire, Jim Collins says so much, face the brutal facts and then let's deal with it. You know, grow up and be an adult. How much more satisfying is it in your life to have those tough conversations? So is that what you're saying in terms of your business is just have the conversation?
0: Yeah, the pain of the status quo needs to feel like it's more acute than the pain of the future for you to change the future. Mm. And if you're not going to change the future, quit whining about the status quo because it's a choice you're making. Not you're not stuck, you're making a choice. I realize the choice has costs. I totally get that, but it, that's what entrepreneurial leaders learn to do really, really well over time as they learn to make a decision, not kick it down the road 90 days, and create a future that they believe will be better than their past. Sometimes we screw it up, it happens all the time, but it's better than sitting still for most entrepreneurs. I'm going
1: to go out on a limb here and just say that I think there's a few people listening to this that this is speaking directly to right now. What decision do you need to make and take action on right now? So thank you for speaking to that, uh, Peyton. I, I really appreciate that. I want to switch gears just a little bit here and talk about you yourself. Um, you know, one of the things that we are so fond of here is, is personal and professional growth, um, investing in yourself, learning, growing, becoming more capable as an individual so that you can then show up as your highest self, whether it's in your personal life or in your business. So I'd love to know, um, you know, what would you point to as something that you've raised the bar on recently? Maybe you've kind of uh, challenged yourself and you've become more, whether it's in your personal life or professional life, just curious.
0: Yeah. um, So one of the things that I've embraced recently by necessity is transitioning a lot of work I used to do exclusively face-to-face, sitting around a conference table to a technology-driven delivery mechanism. And um, while I hope someday soon we're able to go back to in-person work because the energy in the room is so much more powerful and you really feel that connection and all that stuff, I think I was inappropriately... um, scared of the impact of all of that. And it's been a fun journey for me. It's been a long time since I've said, all right, in the next two weeks, I've got to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. And so I've enjoyed the hell out of it. And, and you know, as my client mentioned, the 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 quality of the work has not suffered one iota. Because they
1: can mute themselves. They can mute you. They can turn your video off. They don't want to see you anymore.
0: That's that's their little inside joke I shared with you before we started is one of my clients' leadership teams rated the session we just did a 10. And I kind of was giving them a hard time. I said, geez, that's appreciably higher than the rating for your last in-person session. What gives? And the client who likes to give me a hard time right back said, well, it's because you don't have a mute button in your session room. When you annoy me on this, I can just hit the mute button.
1: That's so. awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, and and one of the things that obviously your clients are doing is they're investing in their business. They're investing in the systems of their business. They're investing in the strategy, um, you know, of what they're doing and developing a, an appropriate vision to get them where they want to go. Right. And I'd be curious to know what are you what are you doing to invest in your own business or in your own capacity to. know to get to that next level yourself yeah
0: yeah so I you know I'm a firm believer in uh, coaching uh, being a coach myself but Gino Wickman was an unbelievable mentor and coach to me in the early days of uh, building the EOS professional EOS implementer community around the world there are 350 of us now Um, and so so his ability to reach all of us on a regular basis is a little different but um, you know get a coach or a mentor Uh, whose sage advice and, you know, sound ear you can rely on. I also am a longtime student of uh, Strategic Coach, uh, Dan Sullivan's company. Gino is a 22-year Strategic Coach uh, follower. And so, you know, developing the mind of an entrepreneur, somebody like Dan is really, really good at that. Uh, I believe in peer groups and roundtable Uh, groups, I believe in surrounding yourself with other like-minded people who like to push themselves out of their comfort zones. Um, You know, those are the kinds of things I do. And of course, I'm a voracious reader and consumer of uh, digital content as well. The more inputs I get, the happier I am. Uh, It can be difficult for it not to overwhelm you. And so I have to sort of monitor my You know, how many crazy ideas do I come up with in a typical week? But for me, it's just getting the juices flowing and then learning to apply what I'm learning to -to day-to-day situations where that new thinking is additive.
1: Yeah, it seems like that input, you know, especially being a voracious voracious reader, learner, somebody who's chasing your curiosity, that's where those hunches start to come in. It's like, wait a minute, I don't know where I got this, but I got it, right?
0: Yeah, and, and, and for me, you know, one of the things I like about Dan is he refers to a lot of the stuff he does as a thinking tool. So, uh, what I try and do is limit my consumption of new ideas to thinking tools. Like, how can I examine a problem from a different angle based on what I'm reading or learning or hearing rather than using it to create a whole bunch of new ideas outside the core of the business I'm concerned about right now, you know? Yeah. There's a, you got to find a way, but, but, um, but I feel pretty good about where things are with that.
1: One thing I'm so fascinated with, with high performing individuals is not only the systems that they build and, and the strategies and the thinking tools that they, you know, develop and, and put into their own life, but it's also the conscious choice of habits. And I'd be curious to know, how have you structured your life from a habitual standpoint? I mean, is there anything that you'd point to directly?
0: Yeah, I um, participate in, in daily spiritual centering meditation um, to what I want to say calm down my lizard brain and refocus my frontal lobe uh, I like to live in a centered, calm peace filled um, objective place and left to my own devices I'm not particularly good with that and so I ask for God's help and I, and I get quiet and I calm my uh, active mind and and really just find peace, ask for help, and try and um, communicate with others and, and be in the world in a way where I'm calm, collected, and serene, because I can get spooled up real quick when I'm sitting back here.
1: This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Yeah, we all can, right? That's a a human condition and um, there's a lot of value there for sure. And I mean, how long have you been doing that? Has it been many years About, or?
0: It's been almost 10 years now. Yeah. Okay. Almost
1: Is that one of the, uh, would you say it's been a compounding effect for you? It's something that's paid off more over time?
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I originally uh, pursued it because I was going through some really tough stuff in my personal life and I needed the help uh, just to stay sane, quite frankly. And now the way it manifests itself in my regular life, I'm just a better parent and a better husband and a better leader and a better friend to my clients uh, mm-hmm. when I'm feeling whole and feeling at peace myself.
1: Have there been any, any other benefits that you didn't expect um, to come into your life from that practice, just out of curiosity?
0: Yeah, I think I've le- I'm better at letting myself off the hook um, I, you know, one of the earliest things I did in these meditation sessions is forgive myself for the many, many mistakes I've made. And I think I carried around a lot of pain and shame around um, those things. There's, We'd have to schedule a whole separate podcast to go through all of that. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm um, more comfortable uh, with my flawed self than I've ever been. And I'm um, trying to get better every day. Uh, trying to make fewer mistakes on a daily basis. Some days I win and some days I lose. But yeah, that's been certainly not what I went in for, but it's it's been a nice surprise.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm like you. It's like, I want to make less mistakes, but when I make more mistakes, I'm like, hey guys, but I'm trying. I'm failing fast. Come on, look at me. I'm doing this.
0: <laughs> and uh... So, so I, I'm paraphrasing here and I don't even remember the original author. So I apologize. But you know, if you're not making any mistakes every day, you're not taking any risks or making any important decisions either. And so, yeah. you know, again, this is about your desire to move forward and change your circumstances. And in order to do that, you have to take a little bit of risk and you're going to be wrong from time to time. And yeah, um, it's okay.
1: Yeah. The entrepreneurial journey is such a um, it's such a personal growth process that I've noticed myself and I know many others have as well is it just causes you to really dig deep if you want to stick around, if you want to build a long term sustainable business and your mind is always going to tell you that you're going to fail or all these problems are going to happen and all these things, you know, you should be anticipating, you know, potential, you know, practical, you know, challenges to overcome. But if you get too overwhelmed, that's when you start to become your own worst enemy. So I love to hear that you're investing yourself in that capacity. Yeah. So talk to me, I mean, as somebody who's such a voracious reader and learner and and someone who's open to new ideas and uh, new information, is there anything that you've say you've substantially changed your mind about over the past few years?
0: Over the past few years, um, technology uh, and its value um in connecting humans. Uh, I'm I, you know, EOS worldwide has been running uh remotely forever. And so we've done every one of our level 10 meetings forever virtually. And you know, I'm a big fan of Zoom and and um and love the ability to connect remotely when you can't connect in person. And and right now most of us are struggling with that. Um, I've, I'm a, I've firmly concluded that generational stereotypes are for the birds. So that is something I feel really strongly about. So there's a lot of people my age, I'm 56, almost 57, who like to make fun of younger generations. And you know, my observation is millennials or Gen Xers or Gen Yers have all the same generational attributes of every other generation. Some people are highly uh, effective and productive and humble and have no sense of entitlement, and some people aren't. And, And to seize on some group from one different generation or other and label that entire generation with positive or negative stereotypes seems to me to be a waste of time and What I'm watching is young leaders of entrepreneurial companies are hardworking, innovative, care a lot, collaborative, um, fully engaged, not selfish. You know, I just see enough evidence that I would urge anybody who's stuck with a generational stereotype mantra in their brain to just let it go and focus on everyone as a unique, distinct individual with good and bad attributes and uh, try and help them be their best selves.
1: Yeah, that's a huge takeaway. I think generalization is one of the most dangerous things you can do as a human being, is just expect that someone's gonna be like what you stereotyped them to be. You know, leave your expectations at the door and get to know that individual, right? right? I don't know about you, but the core of my business is all about relationships. And so if I have an expectation of who this person is going to be before I actually find out who they're going to be, I'm putting myself at a disadvantage to build a true relationship with that individual. So that's a great takeaway. I love that. Talk to me. um, What are you, what are you most excited about these days, Mike?
0: Yeah. So I'm most excited about the spread of EOS around the globe. Um, This has become a truly global Organization, We have 350 professional implementers uh, truly around the globe, and the demand for EOS in its purest form is growing most quickly outside of North America. So that's really, really exciting. We're planning to formally launch a European implementer community later in the year. I'm excited to be a part of that. Um, Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, uh, the Indian subcontinent. I mean, just everywhere you turn, there's a group of entrepreneurs banding together and saying, "We think that could help us," and um, that's just super exciting for me to be a part of.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, what a what a great opportunity to to help the world pivot away from the challenges now and to build you know their own system, their own you know, business to create what they want in their life and what a better opportunity then to collaborate with you guys on EOS. And we'll definitely put links into the show notes of how you can collaborate with Peyton and his team uh, there with, uh, with EOS uh, worldwide. Obviously, it is worldwide. We know that now. So what's the driving force overall behind what you do?
0: You're just helping entrepreneurs get what they want from their businesses. That's it. I wake up every day wondering how I can do that to as many, with as many people as possible for as many people as possible and the most, how I can be the most effective at that. And, um, you know, when I find myself doing stuff that isn't that, I want to put it down and refocus my time and energy.
1: Love that. Love that. All right. So what I'm most excited about here is our rare air questionnaire. We call it the rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. And this is all about raising the bar. It's it's expanding. It's growing to elevate to a life without limits. And we're going to continue to raise that bar. And one thing you talked to me earlier about was that you're a voracious reader. So we got to dive into that one. I want to know more about that. What are some of the most impactful books that you've read in your life and why?
0: Well, you know, I, you prepared me for this, and so this is the original copy of Traction that I got from my neighbor 13 years ago. It's dog-eared. I've taken all the little Post-it notes out of it, but um, but that changed my life in a profoundly positive way and has changed the lives of hundreds, if not thousands, of other entrepreneurs as well. Uh, this is a great read, a book called Integrity by Dr. Henry Cloud, and I love the subtitle, which is The Courage to Meet the Demands of Reality. is also pretty beat up, as you can see. I don't read anything once. Um, and then a book that really was the first bus- business book I read that in my young, prideful, not particularly humble self, I, I wasn't able to say, oh, that will fix everybody else. This one hit me in the core and it's a book called The Oz Principle. Um, gosh, it's probably 25 years old now, but um, it really was the first book I read that make me made me take responsibility for my own failings as a leader and even a team member in solving problems. And you know that thing I said about you got to change, be willing to change your future. That came from that. So those are three real high on the top of my list.
1: That's awesome. I love the, uh, just the nugget there of he never reads one book just one time, especially if it's a good one, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. That's Dog
1: right. eared and underlined and notes. I'm sure that's awesome.
0: Yeah, you know, you just, um, again, thinking tools, Tyler, it's about thinking tools. And sometimes you can read a paragraph for the sixth time and it speaks to you in a way that, that maybe you never got before. So yeah, uh, that's kind of my approach.
1: Yeah, I've, I've definitely experienced that myself. Sometimes I read a new book. It's like, I don't feel like I've ever read this before. I've read it four times. It's like, what is
0: going on? I get that a lot. When'd you put that in Get a grip, Peyton?
1: <laughs> exactly. I
0: only wrote it once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's amazing how the human mind works. Um, right. I love that. So what's uh, what would you say outside of what we've talked about today is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis?
0: Yeah, being present, and it's the biggest struggle for me, and the and the biggest um, success story for me when I'm when I'm on top of it is I just really focus on being fully present and really hearing and experiencing moments rather than you know thinking five chess moves ahead. Uh, it's it's that runs counter to my natural hardwiring, but that's my big level up opportunity and why I work so hard at the spiritual centering.
1: Any um, any sort of tactics that you would suggest for Elevate Nation to be more present? Because I know many people struggle with that. You're always thinking about where do we want to go in the future, right?
0: Phone's completely off. Love it. Vibrate doesn't work. Vibrate means you're going to sit here wondering for 15 seconds, maybe two full minutes, what that vibrate just was. And you're not going to be present for the conversation. Turn them off. Turn them all the way to do not disturb. Quit it will wait. It will wait. I promise you.
1: It will wait. That's great. That was actually, I was with my team this morning we were talking about how we we're going to win the day. And my, my thought was presence. I'm just going to be where I am. And that's, I love that you brought that up because that's, it seems like a superpower in today's world. You know, we're all called called to, you know, be in 20 different places at once, but
0: yeah, well, the the phone creates dopamine and dopamine's a powerful drug. So yeah, I get it. I struggle with it too. I'm deeply empathetic, but for sure. For me to be at my best, I have to learn how to be better at that.
1: It's another system. What can you do to build systems in that you know how, you know what you want to do. You know, you want to look at the phone. You want to know who's calling you or texting you or whatever it may be, but how can you build a system there to be present? And I love that little nugget there. So everybody implement that immediately. There's a little do not disturb icon there on your phone. That's another good one. If you don't want to turn your phone off, just saying there's a few options there. What's the, uh, Peyton, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you?
0: Um, I would say tell the truth in as few words as possible and help them solve is, is kind of the approach I like to take. I think there's a myth in a lot of parts of society that um, in order to love someone and, and coach them, you need to be fake nice to them. And so I'm a big fan of tough love. Tell the truth, use as few words as possible, and then be there to collaborate with that person on the plan to resolve the issue. That is the way I'd answer that question.
1: That's huge. I think that it is much more kind to be honest to someone and say, Hey, look, this is what you're screwing up on. I mean, if you don't fix this, you are in big trouble. And I mean, what else would you rather have from somebody? Would you rather them be nice to you and just beat around the bush? Or would you rather them help you develop the systems and the life that they
0: want? Yeah, when I, when I uh, do public speaking with a large group of people and I'm talking about leadership and management, what I'll ask is how many of you played a competitive sport or had a music teacher that was instrumental in your life or somebody like that? And I'll raise their hand. And I say, thinking about the best coach you ever had, would you put them in one of two categories, the nicest person you know, or the toughest person you know, and 95% of the people raise their hand with this category. So, you know, the people who successful folks remember as having a positive impact on their life are tough. That doesn't mean you have a permission to be a jerk. You can be tough in a kind way, a caring way, but for goodness sake, muster the courage to tell people the truth. There's a gap between what you need from them and what they're delivering. You're not doing them any favor by laying in bed awake at night for three years, trying to figure out the perfect way to tell them that without ticking them off. So what if you tick them off? They need to hear the message. Anyway.
1: Man, that's, that's huge. I love that. That's, that's a mic drop moment because we all need that reminder, right? We all need the reminder to just say it because that's really the kind thing to do is to be real. And you don't have to prepare some big monologue, just deliver the truth. And uh, I love that. Peyton, is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today?
0: Yeah, I mentioned it earlier, just reconnect with your passion. There's a reason you started this business in the first place. A lot of us are accidental entrepreneurs and we perpetuate the story that there's no reason we started this business. But truthfully, somewhere in there is some passion. And so so I just urge your listeners to reignite that passion. And, and if you've lost it, there is a way you can reconnect to it and use it to drive the next Five to 10 to 15 to 30 years of success in your business. Without it, I think you just have a job, and there are a lot of jobs easier than being an entrepreneur and having a bunch of people think you're responsible for their well being.
1: I love it. Reconnect to your passion and develop that vision, develop systems, develop traction in your business in terms of actually making that happen. Because as you mentioned earlier, perhaps. Uh, a vision is just a hallucination without traction, right? So I love it. I love it. Patton, this is, or Peyton, I'm sorry. This has been an amazing, amazing time. I really appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about your business and and what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah. So uh, one stop shop, just go to eosworldwide.com. We've really built that to be an online resource center for any entrepreneur or leader wanting to get more from the business than they're getting today. And uh, you'll also be able to find me on there and connect directly with me. If you want to chat with me and Tyler, I know you'll have my email address in the show notes. Happy for any of you to reach out directly to me via email or social media. I'm here to help.
1: Absolutely. We will put a link in the show notes to um, their website. Of course, Peyton's um, you know, social media links, all that good stuff. So you can make sure that you follow him there. I know he's sharing a lot of great insights and a lot of wisdom. And, and I want to you know, reiterate that, as I normally do, that you've got to re-listen to the show. Because as we talked about, when you re-read a book, you're like, wow, what? I didn't even know I read this book before. And, and I know that will be the case today because there's so much wisdom here. There's so much you know, to implement into your business. So it's a, it's a matter of now taking action, you know, because it's only, you know, knowledge is only potential power you know, the real power is actually massive action. And, and I know that our listeners are going to take massive action today. They're going to pause. They're going to put their phone on do not deserve. They're going to turn their phone off and they're going to focus because that's how, that's how you really get the rubber to meet the road. That's how you really get a grip on your life is by doing. And so I also encourage you to share this with a friend because really the teacher is who learns the most. What did you learn today that you didn't know before? And how can you anchor that into your own understanding? Well, you can do that by sharing with someone else. So share this with a friend, pay it forward. You can even screenshot this episode and you can tag Peyton, you can tag myself, you can tag Elevate Podcast, and you can share that with your friend that way. So it's such an easy way for you to pay it forward. And uh, again, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And Peyton, thanks for uh, being on the show today.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure, Tyler. Great, great to be here.
1: Absolutely. Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time.